in most cases, you do not need 20% down payment. Most of the traditional loan programs that all of your lenders will offer will have programs that offer a range of down payment requirements from 0 to 5%. And then for acceptable sources, um, that can include um, money that you've saved up over time, you know, money that's sitting in your checking savings or money market accounts, um, any investment accounts or retirement accounts that you have access to. Welcome to the Community Conversation Podcast presented by Community America Credit Union. We have a compelling and impactful story to tell, and our goal with these conversations will never be to sell you something. We would rather have an important discussion with our very talented employees, leaders, members, community partners, and experts from a variety of industries and causes to help educate and inform you. Stay tuned at the end of the podcast for some important disclosures. Welcome back to another edition of the Community Conversation presented by Community America Credit Union. I'm your host today, Justin Rickliffs, friend and partner of Community America Credit Union. I'm glad to be back. And I'm joined today by Jackie Reed. Jackie is the manager of Branch and Outbound Mortgage Sales. And it's the perfect, well, first of all, Jackie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Tell us, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about you and your role here at the, at, at the credit union, and then we'll talk about our uh, topic today. Sounds good. Well, I've been with Community America for about eight years now, and I've been in several different roles. Um, I started out as a mortgage sales assistant, and then I um, went into uh, the mortgage sales role as a loan officer, and most recently moved into management last year. So I'm, as you said, I'm now manager of branch and outbound mortgage sales. Awesome, awesome. Well, so glad to have you. The, to- the topic in- is-, is timely um, as we sit here with warmer weather, the spring is here, folks are thinking about buying homes, moving, um, kids getting out of school, the whole thing. And so today we're, we're going we're gonna to start a series. We're going to have our first conversation um, about home buying. So home buying 101 is kind of the, the concept we're, we're, we're going to chat through today. And to set the stage briefly, obviously, you know, buying a home is likely one of the largest purchases that folks ever make. Um, process at times could, can feel overwhelming. And our, our, the goal today is we're going to try to break this down into super simple basics around, hey, step by step, how do you and your team help members uh, feel prepared, help them understand the process, help them ensure that they are ready or, or be honest if they're not ready um, to make that investment. So um, from, from understanding how much, how much of a home they can afford, what the pre-approval process looks like, um, and, and addressing some common misconceptions people might have about purchasing homes. This specific conversation on this podcast is we're we're here to help. We're here to help folks get started, help them see and understand the home buying journey. So there's a lot there, but that's the the ground we're going to, we're going to walk today. Cool. So Jackie, uh, just maybe start at a, at its most basic level. Um, When you first encounter, you and your team first encounter a member having a conversation about a first home purchase, what are those initial conversations like? What do you start to help them see? Yeah, that's a great question. So 
Um, we like to find out, you know, have you started shopping for a home? You know, whether that be in person or just um, online shopping. Um, and if so, you know, how much how much house are you looking to buy? Um, and then from there, you know, um, have you started saving up for down payment? You know, where are your credit scores at? Um, are you employed? Um, and then the last piece that we like to talk about is, you know, how much how much do you want to spend on a monthly basis? What's your monthly budget for your mortgage? Um, and there are also there are other things involved in owning a home besides just your mortgage payment, um, which you know we can talk about here. But uh, but that's a big piece of it, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So so that first kind of budget question is it is it in comparison to maybe what they're spending on rent, or is it compa- in comparison to total income, or, or what are some of the resources or tools that um, you look at from a practical standpoint? Yeah, so um, to start simple, we recommend that they compare their take-home pay to um, their monthly expenses, um, and then kind of see where where they're at after um, after those expenses on a monthly basis. Uh, monthly basis, rather. Um, and from there, you know, how much do you have left over, and how much do you feel comfortable spending on that mortgage? Um, we have a lot of different resources that members can utilize. Um, we have staff at the branches that can assist in preparing budgets. We have a whole wealth management team that can help in assisting budgets. Um, And then we also have some calculators on our website. So we have um, a mortgage affordability calculator that members can utilize. And also for members that are wondering whether they should continue renting or if now is the time to buy, we also have a a calculator that compares renting versus purchasing. So a lot of different resources out there. Yeah, that's super helpful. The uh, help, help us even with some definitions of just the basic fundamentals. Um, I, I know from experience at times that I'm maybe looking at a home when we move cities or whatnot, and I'm like, oh my gosh, we can afford this this much. This is amazing. And and I didn't include what maybe it was the, um, the P&I or the taxes or all these other things. I was, I was just looking at literally the, the base number, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so help us understand some basic terms. So principal and interest, taxes, insurance and mortgage ins- insurance. So those kind of four main buckets help help us understand what those look like. Yeah. So um, in the mortgage world, we call, we call that PITI. <laughs> <laughs> um, so principal and interest, that's when you're actually paying on the loan itself. Um, and then you have your taxes, which are your real estate taxes. Um, and to back up your, your taxes and your insurance, um, you would normally pay on a monthly basis um, included in that mortgage payment. Um, so you're paying your real estate taxes on a monthly basis and then your homeowner's insurance um, on a monthly basis. And then sometimes, um, depending on the loan type um, or how much down payment you put down, you may be required to have mortgage insurance on that loan. Um, so that's the last piece there. And there is a difference between uh, homeowner's insurance and mortgage insurance. So your homeowner's insurance um, insures your home in case something were to happen to it, like a fire or a storm Hail coming storm through. Yeah, yep, yep. exactly. Where you would just you would pay your deductible, and then uh, your insurance company would cover uh, the rest of of the repairs to bring your home back up to its former state. Uh, the mortgage insurance. Um, that really ensures the lender in case you default on the loan. Um, and again, that may or may not be required depending on the down payment and depending on the type of loan that you end up going with. Yeah, that's helpful. And, and then in terms of, uh, and uh, even speaking again from experience, sometimes on the buying side, 
you, you maybe fall in love with a house and or you fall in love with a neighborhood or you fall in love with a certain school district. And, and there may be other financial considerations that aren't even in that what that monthly payment look, looks like. So maybe that's a homeowners association or the utilities are way higher in this bigger house or whatnot. Um, so how do, you, how do you teach and educate and, and help members understand some of those other considerations besides just the, the mortgage payment and all of the, the PITI pieces? <laughs> yeah, that's a great, uh, great question and, and point. It, it, owning a home is so much more than just your mortgage payment. And I think we approach it uh, in the, in the, with the mortgage team um, by talking to them about how important it is to have extra money left over in a savings account just set aside for other expenditures and emergencies. Because um, certainly your, your utilities are going to go up. Uh, if you buy a house in a homeowners association, you're going to have um, annual dues or sometimes quarterly or monthly dues there. Um, and then you've got, you know, your internet, your cable, all your streaming apps. Um, and then there's just general maintenance on the home. You know, um, if you're if you're coming from an apartment um, and you buy a house with a big lawn, you're going to have to buy a, a lawn mower, or you're going to have to hire somebody to mow your lawn um, every couple weeks during the warmer months. So, um, you know, we, we come from it uh, from a place of experience um, and educating our members that you know, hey, like your mortgage piece, your mortgage payment is a big piece of your obligation, but there's all these other things that you have to consider. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, especially it, when you compare the the renting journey to the owning journey, your, your, your lawn care one is a perfect example. It's all of a sudden you've added a significant amount of expense mm-hmm. and or responsibility. And both of those are very important as you consider what um, owning a home looks like. It's not just the, oh my gosh, this is beautiful thing that we get to mm-hmm. uh, call our house. You also have the, you're now also the landlord. Yes. <laughs> you're now also the, <laughs> the responsible party for the leak in the toilet, et cetera. Yes. If anything breaks, you have to fix it yeah. <laughs> and pay for it. Yeah. yeah. The good, good advice is if it can break, it will eventually. Yes. <laughs> so um, it's good homeowner's advice. How about in even again, kind of in this journey of we're starting to consider, we're starting to look at a house. We may have liked found a couple we like. How do you help understand or help members understand kind of their max limit or what their um, ceiling is or the full threshold? Are, are there resources and, and ways you guys are helping members now? Well, there's a difference between what we consider to be a member's max limit. Um, you know, there are certain underwriting guidelines that we have to abide by. Um, but we also want to make sure that we understand what that members budget is sometimes what they're looking for may mean that they're going to have to take a higher payment um so if they're going to do that then they may need to find other areas in their budget where they can cut down so um, that's where we really have to have those hard conversations with them Uh, not always hard but um you know honest at least honest yeah yeah, thank you um honest conversations and you know, tell them, well, you know, based on how much you are looking to spend mm-hmm. on a monthly basis, this is how much you should be shopping for. But yes, you are, yes, you may be qualified to go to a higher amount. And this is what that mortgage payment looks like. So if they're willing to go up um, to that max and take a higher payment, um, they just may have to consider making some cuts elsewhere. Yeah, you, you, you transitioned it perfectly. So in, in the journey of interested, considering, starting to ask some questions what's this look like to okay cool we found a home we've identified it um 
what is that pre-approval, pre-qualification uh, process look like? And, and what's what's maybe the difference in those terms? And, and why is that whole piece of the puzzle really important in the in the process? Yeah, so um, to get the process started of getting pre-qualified and then, uh, and then pre-approved, um, we would do a credit application with the member. Um, we would go through their last two years residential history, last two years employment history. There would be some um, yes or no questions. We would run their credit report, ask about their assets. Um, so really get a, a complete picture of their financial situation. Um, and then uh, once we have the credit and the application, we would look and see what our best options are for the member. Um, and then we would run that through an automated underwriting engine. That's how we get our initial pre-qualification. Um, a pre-approval takes that a step further. So we would do those first two steps for a pre-approval, but also we would gather the member's income and asset documentation and send that to our underwriting department for a full manual underwrite up front. Um, and it's important in this market that we try to do that as much as possible um, because the housing market is so tight. And um, most realtors do know the difference between a pre-approval and a pre-qualification. And having that underwriter you know, manually go through the file and verify that, yes, um, their pay stubs match their application, their asset statements match what they told us. Um, that's so important. That, that pretty much guarantees that barring any unforeseen circumstances like a change in their financial situation or maybe it's where the collateral, uh, the, the home doesn't meet our collateral guidelines, something of, of that nature, barring anything like that happening, it pretty much guarantees that we will be able to give them the member a loan. So it's such, it's a much stronger offer and the realtors do know the difference. Yeah, that's so smart and, and really helpful. Is What's that rough? I know everything varies depending on work days and volume and things, but generally what, how much time does that take? What's that process look like? So it's different for every member. It just depends on, um, you know, what documents we have to gather, but um, you know, once we do have all the paperwork and the full credit application, turn time on the pre-approval is generally 24 to 48 hours. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah. it's pretty quick. It's quick. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, it, it relates to the the next thought here, but when, when the member is considering their mortgage options and the, the company in which they receive the mortgage from, um, what are some factors that they should consider as, as they're thinking about their own mortgage advisor, as they're thinking about the lender. Um, obviously, we'd love everyone to use Community America Credit Union. That's not the only company in the world, right, that, that um, originates mortgages. So how, how do, what are some practical, helpful ways that you would encourage first-time home buyers to, con what, what should they consider in a mortgage advisor and lender? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, obviously, I'm very partial to our mortgage team here at Community America. I think we have the best out there in Kansas City. Um, but if you're shopping around, um, you'll want to find an advisor who really listens to your financial goals, asks those important questions about what your financial goals are, um, and then can present loan options that help to work you achieve those. They should also be pretty readily accessible. Um, I mean, obviously, we have multiple members that we're working with. Um, and so we may not be able to take your phone call right then and there, but they should be able to get back to you uh, in a timely manner and be able to answer your questions. And then assuming we're able to offer a pre-qualification, um, they should also be able to provide you with those all important estimates. So you know, okay, based on the price point that I'm shopping in, what does my monthly payment look like? 
And then based on that price point, you know, what is my total estimated cash to close? You know, we don't want there to be any surprises at the end of the process and be surprised when we have to bring a cashier's check for X amount of dollars <laughs> at, at the at the closing table. So it's really important to know um, all those numbers up front so that you're prepared. Okay, cool. So in terms of credit specifically, what what is the, I know every situation is different, but what are the rough ranges that you all, what are some, some practical numbers that people can start to get their minds around in terms of the, what they need for a mortgage? Yeah, great question. Um, generally speaking, we, we need at least a 620 credit score or above for um, all of our loan programs. There are some loan programs that do require higher than that. A member can really optimize their home buying potential and have more loan options available to them if they can get above that 700 mark. And, and how, I, I know we've, we've, specifically talked about credit and improving your credit score in former podcasts so folks can go back and and listen to those for specifics but yeah we thought it'd be helpful to understand hey that 620 score is kind of the baseline ideally you're going to have some more favorable options when you're above 700. How about income you mentioned looking at like two-year employment history Um, what other factors obviously higher income maybe the higher higher loan options of course but from an income standpoint what are the most critical critical facts that people might need to know. Yeah. So what we want to see is, is, is your income stable? Is it consistent? And is it likely to continue? So um, for stability, we we need to be able to show that you are able to repay your debt obligations. And typically, like you said, a two-year history of employment is required. Now that can be shorter if a member has some sort of post-secondary education or training program that they just went through and they're in that line of work now. Um, So that would include like trade schooling, um, professional certificates, college, and grad school. Um, and the next piece of that is, is your income consistent? So, um, you know, the simplest way to look at it for like, maybe like an hourly employee, um, you know, do they get a full 40 hours a week? Um, or does their income vary, um, for, you know, our borrowers that have variable income, whether that be variable hours or if it's where they get just a variable type of pay, like commission or bonus or overtime, um, typically we need at least a two-year history of that variable income. And then last but not least, is that income likely to continue? Um, that's a big piece of it. So if, if you have a member that's, you know, changed careers a lot uh, over the last two years or they've maybe experienced a loss of income recently, that can really dramatically um, affect their ability to qualify for the loan. So um, those are all considerations that that we have to take um, when making these decisions. Yeah, so. those, that's really helpful. Really smart. How about from an asset standpoint, um, there, there's at least maybe in my mind, and, and maybe this isn't true for everyone, but the, the narrative had been for a long time, you must have 20% down to buy a house and yet to even be qualified or considered um, I guess a is that true and then B if it's not what what are what what are some of the um, acceptable and un- unacceptable forms of down payment I know that's always a big topic of conversation especially on that first time purchase is like I don't know like I may feel weird or confused or um, insecure or, or overwhelmed with even asking that question do we have enough money to do this right yeah. like what, how do you help what what are some of those? Um, concepts. Absolutely. We hear this a lot, (laughs) like daily. Um, And that is one of the biggest misconceptions about the home buying process and the ability to get a mortgage. Um, In most cases, you do not need 20% down payment. 
Um, most of the traditional loan programs that um, all of your lenders will offer um, will have programs that offer a range of down payment requirements from zero to five percent. So, um, and then for acceptable sources, um, that can include um, money that you've saved up over time, you know, money that's sitting in your checking savings or money market accounts, um, any investment accounts or retirement accounts that you have access to, um, gifts from immediate family are also acceptable. Um, and then unacceptable sources would include, you know, cash on hand. We can't verify where that came from. So um, any unsecured loans or credit cards and payday loans um, and then gifts from friends. Yeah, that's that's really helpful. How about, I know the, the other, you know, kind of maybe intimidating um, concept in the first-time home buying journey is closing costs. I think maybe mm -hmm. there's this like, oh, how much is that going to be and what what is it? And um, are those, is that just where the where the lender makes a bunch of money, right? Like, I think there's just some, some unknown. So help us understand maybe the, the categories of what closing costs look like and, and how that is part of the transaction. Sure. So the closing costs, um, so there are two, there are two subcategories to your closing costs, um, and that includes um, the loan costs, which are the true costs of obtaining the financing. Um, so some of those fees will include the lender fees. So what are they charging for their services? Uh, but then you'll have your standard third-party fees. Um, those include but are not limited to fees such as your appraisal, uh, your credit report, title insurance fees, recording fees. Um, and then the other part of that is your prepaid costs. Um, so we, we call those your upfront costs for taxes and insurance. So um, mem members will be required to pay their first year's homeowner's insurance premium to their insurance company, and that is the service they can shop for. So 12 months to your insurance company, and then we will set up an escrow account uh, for the taxes and insurance at closing. So typically that's about two to three months of taxes and insurance each. That's great. Um, shifting gears a little bit, this has all been super helpful and really practical. Um, let's get even a little bit more specific. So uh, you've you've walked through this process, you've gotten your pre-qualification, you've gotten your pre-approval, you have a pretty strong understanding of what a safe and smart um, investment would look like for your home, you understand your budget, etc. You find a house, you love a house, you want to put an offer on a house. Um, maybe this spring isn't exactly the same frenetic, crazy pace of last year, but we all know the stories, especially in KC, it's the coolest place to live, that hey, somebody put a house for sale on the market on Friday, they had 31 offers, and by Monday it was done, right? Like we've heard those, those mm -hmm. stories of how highly and hot of a seller's market it is. Um, some of that's still here in, in the competition and the limited inventory. So even with all of that above, all of the previous parts of the conversation we've chatted about, how are you and your team encouraging first-time home buyers to set themselves apart? What can they do maybe even from um, a differentiation standpoint among other buyers to make sure they go, they get the house, not just, <laughs> not just put an offer on the house? Yeah. Um, so the first thing is get pre-approved. Um, take that extra step of sending your loan officer all of your income and asset documentation so we can complete that pre-approval um, like I mentioned earlier, that's just, it's such a, it's, it's a much stronger offer uh, when the agents are looking at their offers. If they have, um, you know, 20 offers that say pre-qualification and then yours is the one pre-approval, that's going to catch their eye. Yep. So yep. Um, this, the second thing that I've, that I've seen a lot out there, um, and I'm not, 
I'm not attesting to the success of this, but um, we see a lot of members uh, write letters to the sellers. Mm. Um, so as another way to kind of differentiate themselves from the other uh, buyers. Make it personal, sure. Yeah, make yeah. it personal, tell their story and, yeah. and the, the plans that they have for their home. Um, and then the third thing that, um, that we've been seeing lately is um, the more down payment you can show that you have to put down, um, the better. Um, not necessarily required, as we talked about earlier, but um, the more you can save and the more that you can show the listing agent and the sellers that you have to put down on the house, that's going to be a much stronger offer. Love it. So you clearly need a strong mortgage lender and advisor in, in person in your corner to help you navigate this. Um, an, another key resource in the journey of the first-time home buyer is a realtor. And what that, what that individual will assist with in conjunction with the lender? What, what does that um, relationship look like? How, how, do you, how do you recommend members think about the real estate agent experience, who, who they should um, work with, what that person does to assist in the process? A buyer is going to spend a lot of in-person time with their real estate agent, more so than they will with their lender. Um, so they'll really want to you know, choose somebody that is going to work hard for them, somebody that they find personable, that they like spending time with. Um, and one of the best ways that they can uh, find a good realtor is uh, get a referral from uh, family members and friends that have gone through the process recently. Um, those are those are truly the best referrals. Um, you know, if they don't have any friends or family that have gone through that process recently. They don't have any experience to draw upon. Um, oftentimes, uh, the lender will have um, some referrals to hand out as well. Um, so we can always be a great resource um, and, and give them some suggestions in that department as well. Um, but their realtor is so important. Um, the, the realtor is, is going to set them up on the home search. So um, they're going to find out what parameters the borrower is looking at. Um, you know, say I'm a, I'm a first-time home buyer. Those parameters could include I, I'm looking for a three-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath. A home in Overland Park, Kansas. Uh, I want to be in this specific school district. Well, based on um, based on those parameters, the realtor is going to narrow down that search to any time um, a house pops up that would fit those parameters. It's going to automatically go to that borrower um, where they can view the home online and then decide if they want to go see that home in person. Um, and then the realtor will take you to those showings. Um, and then if you decide to make an offer, um, they will help draw up the initial contract and um, assist in negotiating the terms with the listing agent and the sellers. Once you are under contract, your realtor will help coordinate uh, with the inspectors, the appraisers, title company, and your lender to make sure all parties are on the same page. And that's a critical piece because if, if you are trying to at times do those maybe by yourself or run it run the inspection process or not knowing where to go for the appraisal. I mean, that can get pretty com convoluted and, and complex and maybe not uh, protect your best interest. And I'm just curious, have there, have you seen examples where back to the seller's market conversation where having a relationship with a trusted realtor is also a differentiator for the buyer? Oh, absolutely. I can recall a couple I worked with last year um, they were uh, in their 50s, and they had never purchased a home before. Um, VA buyers, so they were going with a VA loan. And a couple weeks had passed since we completed the pre-approval, and I was just checking in with them to see how things were going, uh, how the home shopping was going. And, you know, they 
they said, not not well. Um, you know, we, we feel like things are not going well with our real estate agent. We're not we're not getting into the showings that we want to go to, and we're not getting much response. And uh, so from there, I you know, I said, uh, you know, feel free to take this uh, however you want, but um, here's a couple of realtors that I've had good experiences with in the past, and you might want to check them out and see if they might be a better fit. They might work better for you. And within a few days, um, they had hired a new realtor, and a couple days after that, they were under contract. So the realtor can make all the difference. I love it. That's so great, and it's a perfect kind of cap to this conversation because the next dialogue we'll have is going to is going to walk through what happens once that contract is accepted. So what all takes place from contract accepted to the the loan processing and the underwriting, the closing. Um, and then ultimately the, 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 you know, the Instagram post on your front porch, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, welcome home. So um, as a recap to this conversation, uh, Jackie, you've been so helpful, but walk us just a couple key takeaways or what, what can members do next if they're ready to start the home buying journey? So um, really encourage everyone to do their research, do their homework, um, but also don't be afraid to ask for help. I mean, that's what our team is here for. Um, that's why we come to work every day. Um, I think that's, you know, we, we, we thrive off those conversations and being able to help our members um, reach, reach their goals of, of owning their first home or their second home or their third home. Um, that's why we come to work every day. So I think don't be afraid to ask for our help. Um, is the biggest takeaway I can give. I love that. And then just as a reminder, you said these earlier, but just the, the mortgage calculators, the budget resourcing, all on communityamerica.com, tons of resources there. And, of course, picking up the phone and, and giving Jackie and her team a shout would be helpful too. Jackie, they're really great. Thanks for walking us through the first half of this um, Mortgage 101 series, and we're looking forward to the next conversation. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by Community America Credit Union. This recording is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended to replace the advice of a loan representative or financial advisor. The examples provided are for illustration purposes only and may not apply to your situation. Since every situation is different, we recommend speaking to a loan representative or financial advisor regarding your specific needs. All loans are subject to approval. You may also want to contact your tax advisor for additional tax implications. Any reference to third-party websites are provided for information purposes only and are not endorsed by Community America. Community America is an equal housing lender. Please visit communityamerica.com to learn more about how we can assist you in achieving your financial peace of mind.